Hi, and welcome to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast. I absolutely love and value that you are here with us right now, and I hope you will hear something on today's episode that will touch your heart and soul in a beautiful way. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another fabulous installment of the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast. I have Jamie Brownstein with me today. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good. It's so nice. Well, Jamie is a relationship therapist, a coach, author, speaker, and a host of Love Talk Live on LA Talk Radio. Wow, you have a pretty impressive bio. Jamie was named the number one relationship coach transforming lives in 2020 by Yahoo Finance. And for the past 20 years, Jamie has been teaching her clients how to heal their past, love themselves unconditionally, be vulnerable, tap into their inner strengths and intuition, and live more authentically to achieve their relationship goals. Wow, this is incredible stuff. You've been on many, many different media outlets and newspapers, TV shows, radio shows. Unbelievable. And Jamie lives with her husband and their six-year-old son in Chicago. Chicago, right? Newly relocated back to Chicago. And when she's not hard at work, which I can't imagine you have too much time after all that you do in your work life, but Jamie enjoys family, friends, discovering new places to go and explore, reading, writing, eating pizza, and singing in the car. I love that. Love that. Welcome, welcome, Jamie. Yes, you got to sing every day. Yes, I say you have to dance every day. But if I sang every day, people would be throwing tomatoes. So at least if I'm dancing, I got some rhythm. Okay, we all need to do it. What we feel is aligned with our soul. Yes, what we feel most called to what brings us joy, right? Well, your upcoming adventure, so to speak, which you don't even know what you're getting yourself into. Jamie will be coming with me on my upcoming trip this May on a momentum trip to Israel. So really looking forward to experiencing the spirituality of Israel together. I know you're a deeply spiritual person. I saw that it took about three seconds into our interview to really see this was pure soul sitting across the couch for me. You are soul through and through beautiful on the outside, but I think even more beautiful on the inside. Thank you so much. Thank you. You are an incredible person as well. Okay, let's get to our topic. Okay, so it's interesting. I want to come with the Jewish perspective on the word besheret, which is soulmate, the translation is soulmate, which is the topic for your up and coming book that you're currently writing. It's about manifesting love and specifically for women who want to manifest a man. That's all I'm going to say. And it will have my dating stories up until I manifested Brian, my husband, it will have my client stories and it's going to have lots and lots and lots of spiritual concepts in terms of the steps that you need to manifest and the healing work you need to do to heal the past and loving yourself. And as we talk about Beshert, these little things will be sprinkled in. That's amazing. Well, if you need any more content, I could give you lots of content on the topic of Besheret. It's something that I truly, truly believe in to my very, very core. I think everything is Besheret. Besheret, we could say soulmate. That's in terms of relationships, but there's also Besheret. It just feels right. 
And that could be in every area of our lives. So I actually Googled Besheret and I wanted to see what came up. Did you also do that? Recently? Yes. Well, it's a long story. What came up for you? It's interesting. The Yiddish word for Besheret is destiny. Yes. Yeah. And that speaks volumes. You could use the word destiny. I'll say God. I believe in God. I think he runs this world. Every minute detail is orchestrated for every single person. Like what we're going through is not random. In fact, the word in Hebrew, random, the word is mikre, right? Which is mem kuf resh hey. If you take those four letters, it spells out Rock me Hashem. It's all from God. Even yeah. the word spells, it's from God. There's nothing yeah. by chance. So destiny is the way that I see this world. I see God's hand from the big things, to the small things. I don't always understand things. Something that I've grappled with as the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors, this question of like, where is God during hard things? And sometimes there are no answers. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned to hold and embrace is this idea that would I want to understand my God? Would I want to be on the same level of chummy chummy, like I get you, you get me? No, I wouldn't. I would only expect to not be able to understand the magnitude of God's work. And I'm okay to be humble and to say, I don't get it but I'm still holding on tight. That's one of the things that I teach my clients. It's the letting go and it's being in the unknown and the uncertainty and the not having all the answers, but it's the trusting. It's having unwavering trust in yourself and in the universe and God that all of these random things that happen or not random things, anything that happens for us in life is for us to learn. And there are no mistakes. Literally yesterday, a client was, oh, and I made this mistake. And I was like, just halt for a second. There are no mistakes. All we can do is learn from them. And they happen for a reason. It's so interesting that you just Googled the definition. I did too. When I heard that, Bashar means destiny. I got chills all over. Because what it does is it takes off this pressure. We try to heal ourselves and we do a good job at it. We try to understand things and we do an okay job at it. But when we can really surrender, really just let go and say we don't have to do it ourselves, then life becomes so much more peaceful and there's so much more freedom in life. I love that. No, I think you and I, we had very different paths to finding our Besheret. Mine was very quick and yours took years of looking. And I think my message, wherever you're at in your journey, because when I did put in Besheret, you know, what came up first. How do I find my Besheret? (laughs) That was like the number one question because people are searching for love. People are searching for their second half, their soulmate completion, right? So many people are looking for that person, whether it's a first relationship or a second marriage or whatever the relationship dynamic is. There are just so many people that are looking for that one and it only takes one. But my message for people that are waiting and waiting is like, he's there, she's there, whoever it is, he's there for you. He's there because God created you with your Besheret in mind, which brings us to the teaching that I shared with you last time. This is a a Talmudic idea that 40 days before conception of a child, okay, 40 days before your parents even know you were going to be a reality, a heavenly voice calls out bat plani leplani, which means so-and-so with their actual name is destined to marry so-and-so. 
Okay, let that drop, okay? This is Kabbalistic. This is very, very lofty, mystical ideas. But this is a Jewish idea that our Besheret was created even before we were created. It was all set. So you don't need to worry. Yes. I just wanted to write down the word fact because I've had conversations with clients, with colleagues about this search that people go on. And it shouldn't be a search when you know this. When you know that it is a fact, we'll just say like this man, because I know a lot of this. Yeah, is, there's a lot of women that listen to this. Yes, stuff. and my book is about manifesting a man. You can relax into it when you know that it is a fact. He's out there. And in terms of the whole searching and looking thing, what I do with my clients is it's more about getting past the barriers that are preventing you from accessing your authentic self so that you can show up as you. And the more that you show up as you by the law of attraction, which I use, the man will just come in because he can't come in if your walls are up, if you're not vulnerable, if you don't know who you are. You could be pushing it away, right? Yeah. And you're just going to attract the wrong guy, which mm -hmm. is what happens over and over and over again until you do this work. But the word fact, it is a fact that he is on this earth. Like sometimes I'll just have fun with my clients and I'll be like, he's like eating lunch right now. Like he's literally like somewhere eating lunch right now. Like to dream like that and to talk about it, like it's a reality. And that's how we manifest things, right? When it becomes so clear to us, then we make space for miracles and for good things to happen. I love how you use that example of he's eating lunch right now. So in my situation with my husband, with Gadi, I don't know if I shared a little bit about our dating experience, but it was very, very fast. I knew from the first date that this was my Besheret. My husband also, he actually excused himself from the date to go to the bathroom. And he came back all flushed and red in the face. He had told me afterwards that he started to cry. He said, God, I think this is my Besheret. And after dating probably close to 50 women in the dating, in the Shidduch world and the whole dating system, you know, the way that it's done, the way that he had been doing it, he was just so sure that this was the one. And he said, God, if she doesn't dump me, I'm going to marry this girl. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I had just turned 20 and he he was 25 and we were both young and it was so clear that this was Besheret. In fact, on the first date, after we went to a hotel lobby to have some drinks and to talk, and we were just hitting it off afterwards, he wanted to catch the prayer services. So it was in Jerusalem. So he said, do you mind if we go to the Western wall? You can always catch a service at the Western wall, no matter what time of night it is. So we go to the Western wall and he finished praying and I was waiting for him in the lobby and I was walking around and I was just having a conversation with God. I said out loud, you know, sometimes when you verbalize it, talk about manifesting. I said, he's my Besheret. Literally as the words came out, Someone walked by me. It was an old friend from Toronto. And she said, what did you say? So now I'm like, oh, shoot. Like that actually came out into the world. And a week later, we were engaged. It was very quick which is crazy. I would never let my child date so quickly now, but it was just Besheret. So thinking about you telling your clients, like he's eating lunch somewhere. So I always think about our belief system in Judaism. I just imagine, I mean, if we could imagine, because it's hard to visualize like what God is like, what heaven is like, what souls are like, but imagine there's a treasure chest of souls. And before a soul comes down to this world, the soul is whole. It's complete. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a small surgery of souls that goes up, up in heaven where the soul is split into two halves. One half goes into one partner and the other half goes into the other partner. And those partners wander the world yeah. for decades. 
decades. I mean, usually two decades plus, sometimes three, four, five, six decades until they find each other. And when we do find our Basharat, there's this feeling of completion. But that's not it because, you know, we're still two half souls, but the whole purpose, mission of Jewish marriage is to take those two half souls and to bring it back to be one. We talk about oneness of God. We say the Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. God is one. And our job as human beings is to emulate God. And in our relationships, we also want oneness. That a marriage, like two people, is really the merging of two half souls coming back together as one. So I think about my childhood in Canada, freezing cold Canada, and my husband growing up in South Africa, and he was five years old, or I wasn't even born, and he's five years old riding his tricycle and getting his stitches because him and his five brothers yeah. were always like, you know, making so much trouble. And who knew, like, how do you bring two half souls from two different upbringings, two different parts of the world together? And the only answer is, it's because it's Besheret. We're going to find yeah. each other. Yeah, no matter what you do. There's a part in my book where I talk about FOMO, fear of missing out. And I talk about it in the sense that, like I know when I was dating and I dated a lot, I felt like I had to say yes to every invitation. I had to go to every Jewish party, every Jewish thing, every birthday party, every everything, because I felt like, what if my husband's there? Hmm. But to relax into it and to know that no matter where you go or what you do, magnetically, this is the work that I do. If you do that work to show up authentically as who you are, you will meet your Beshert. No matter what. That was so beautiful. You guys grew up in such different places. You're not the same age. I mean, truly truly beshared. He's Moroccan. I am Ashkenazi. I mean, we joke that we were like a mixed marriage. Like we had such a different upbringing. He's like the son of rabbis and rabbis for many generations. And my family, we had a different journey back to Judaism and we really had very little in common, so to speak. Right. There was something so strong and powerful and we almost needed to just trust. And I'm so happy that I did trust. I felt a lot of clarity. You know, there are people that are very indecisive and I'm sure you deal with this a lot in your coaching practice, especially when it comes to big things. This is a life-changing decision to make. Are you going to move into a relationship with someone? I mean, how do you know? There's so many questions, but when it feels right, you just go with it. We could block out all that noise in our head, all the what ifs. We could say like, you know what? I hear you. I see you. We're acknowledging that all those voices are there, but this is feeling right. And this is feeling good. And I have the support of people that I trust around me. And I've spoken this through with people that I could look up to. And we could walk forward with that. And I'll tell you something so interesting. This is something that I just heard recently. My mom told me that my great grandmother in Sosnovich, it's Poland. She got married pretty young and she went to the rabbi, the town rabbi, and she said, I need to get a divorce. And in those days, it was kind of unheard of, right? Like we're talking like the early 1900s. I mean, it was really, really rare. And and she just said like, we're not a zivug. Zivug is Hebrew or I, I, you could use it in a Yiddish way. She spoke Yiddish. She said, we're just not a match. Like, this is not working well. We're not meant to be. We're not beshert. Yeah. And the rabbi looked at my grandmother. The way that my mom told me the story, he had a 
big book in front of him, you know, the Talmud, and he was looking through his book and he was thinking about it for a while. But then finally he gets back to my great grandmother and he says, but you are a Zivug. This is your Besheret. You actually are a match. It's just going to take a little bit more work. And she stays with him. Was she happy? Yeah. You know, happiness is an interesting thing. And I think about my grandparents, like when they got married right out of the Holocaust, they had lost everything and everyone. Were they in love? I mean, they were shells. It was unbelievable that they were even able to commit to rebuilding their lives. But I think it took time. You know, there's love of an idea, there's infatuation, and it feels good to have someone. But I think it took decades of healing. Of course, they ended up loving each other, both my sets of grandparents. But was it love the way that we're used to like, we want to love? I don't know. I think love really takes a lot of work, a lot of effort and a lot of time. And it's so different in every couple. You might look at a couple and think, well, I wouldn't want that type of relationship. But if they're happy, that's all that matters. Or if it works for them, that's all that matters. One thing that's really important for your viewers, listeners to know is that I love the whole Beshert story, that it's the two souls coming together, reuniting to make that one soul. However, what's really important for people to know is that in order to meet your soulmate, you need to feel like a whole person. You know how like in the movie, it's like, you complete me. Actually, you need to feel whole. I always say it's two whole people, two lights coming together, creating this new entity of light. So two whole people coming together, creating its own entity. Because if you feel like half a person, then you're at very low vibration. Maybe you're depressed, you're anxious, you're feeling insecure, you have unresolved issues, you will bring in the wrong match for you. That is so, so important. And you're not ready to have a relationship with another human being until you could really come to a place of loving yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't love someone else if you have holes. You need to work on self-love first Mm -hmm. and acceptance before you could accept and unconditionally, hopefully, love another human being. To take it one step further, I think that in order to have a relationship with your creator, with God, to be that vessel for spirituality and holiness, you first need to have a complete vessel. It starts Mm -hmm. with you. There's like these three main relationships that I see as like a juggling act because we're always having to work on them. It's your inner, your own relationship, your outer and your upper. There's so much love, but it has to start with you. To be a lover, to be someone that has space for someone else, you cannot have holes all over. You need to complete that first. But it's a lifelong work, right? To always be working on these three relationships that we carry throughout our lives. Yeah. So it takes practice and you learn these tools and to what you're saying, our outside experiences are a reflection of our inner reality. So that's why our inner reality and our insides need to really be up to par. And we do need to be unconditionally loving ourselves so that we can receive that unconditional love from outside the reflection of it. Right. So the last thing I wanted to say was that speaking of the Shema, I could start crying. One of the coolest things that happened over the weekend, it was the lab. It was the culmination of my third year and final year that they offer of spiritual psychology school. And the way that they did this was every morning, there's a five minute meditation every morning. This school, it's not a religious school. It's spiritual psychology has people of all different religions from all different countries, from all different ages. It's taught by a married couple. The man is Jewish. 
Ron, I feel like he's like a rabbit. Anyhow, they've been teaching for 40 years. They're amazing people. But this was so cool. So every day we closed our eyes and they recited a prayer. It wasn't a religious prayer or a poem or something. But like the first two days, it was a four day thing. First two days, it was basically a poem. So the third day I closed my eyes and all of a sudden I hear Ron saying the Shema. Oh, wow. And I shared this with the whole class over Zoom, my experience, because in my three years, I mean, he's talked about Judaism and things like that. And little Ronnie growing up in Brooklyn with his mom and some stories like that. But it touched me so much hmm. that they brought the Shema into this program. He said the Shema in Hebrew, and then he said it in English. And we're talking about Bashar, we're talking about Judaism. And I just wanted to share that experience of how beautiful it was. I just love being Jewish so much, as you know. <laughs> Mm. Like when things from different parts of your world are colliding together, it's just yes. unbelievably yes. powerful. Yes. It was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. See, I told you, I told my listeners, I told you guys, she's all soul, this lady. You are such a soul. So there's actually an interesting story. I hope I get the details right. It's a story that happened thousands of years ago. So this is brought down in the Gemara, in the Talmud, that there was a great sage that said marriages or matches or besherets, like finding your destined one, that is something that only God is responsible for. God, so to speak, splits the sea. It's called Kriyat Yamsuf, like he splits the sea. That's how hard it is to bring two half souls together. Okay. So that's the very famous teaching. And he shared that. And there was a philosopher at the time who said, oh, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's not only God that makes matches up in heaven, because like, if you think about it, what has God been doing since creation? He created the world seven days, right? Six days he created, seven days he rested. And what has God busy doing ever since then? So our sages tell us that ever since then, God is busy making matches, he is the ultimate matchmaker. But it says that it's hard to do that. It's as hard as splitting the seed. Like that's how much effort it takes God to make a match, to bring mm -hmm. two half souls back together. So this philosopher says, that's ridiculous. I'll show you. So he goes off and he has like hundreds of servants. He was a big shot guy and he has so many servants. So he goes and he says, you and you, you're a match. You and you, you're a match. He basically matches off all of his single servants in his estate. And he says, now go, marital bliss. I matched you guys, you and you, you know, you're perfect height. You look good together. You're this, you're that. Like in his mind, these were great matches. And then the story goes on that then the next day, all his servants and workers came back to his palace this one had a black eye and this one was limping, had a bandage on her hand. And they all looked terrible. And he said, what happened? And they were all fighting at each other. And clearly, clearly it was not okay to go like you guys, like we're just gonna match you all up and send you off for your relationship. It doesn't work like that. And eventually he says to this Talmudic scholar, you're right, it does take a lot to make a good match. And it clearly is God that's orchestrating these matches from above because I thought I was doing good. I had no idea to take two human beings that are so different. Like I talked about Gaddy and I being across the world from each other, but mm -hmm. even if I married my next door neighbor who was the same age as me, who grew mm -hmm. up the same as me, it would still be so hard. Mm -hmm. It would still take a lifetime to mm -hmm. merge back together into one. It's hard work. So clearly it has to be God. It has to be.
I feel like I'm preaching to the choir over here. Jamie's like, yeah. I mean, like I said, I could talk about this forever. And some of the things that I tell my clients or just people in my life when they ask if they've never been in love before or never really had this experience, this outer worldly beshert experience, they're like, what does it feel like? You know, and I just offer to people that you feel peace in your heart. <laughs> you feel peace in your heart. You feel like this person is home. Mm. You feel like it couldn't be with anybody else. And as a friend of mine once said, when I asked her, how did you know? Cause she got married very young. She's like, when you know, you know. So, and I feel like that's like you also, when you know, you know. And when I say peace in your heart, that can mean so many different things to so many different people, but you're not struggling to make it work. You're not convincing yourself. You know what I hear in your words? I hear trusting your intuition. And I think so much of us do not trust our intuition, right? We do have strong intuition, but it kind of gets drowned out by some loud voices, whether it's within our head or outside of us. But to really just kind of go into a quiet place and talk to yourself and feel what you're feeling and move forward with that, that's very, very strong, very powerful. Always, always honor how you're feeling. And honor your voice because at the end of the day, you know yourself the best, you know your soul, you are you. So you don't have to ask a million people what they think about anything, what they think about this guy, you know how you feel. I believe our intuition is one of the greatest gifts we can give to ourselves to cultivate it. It's a muscle, you know, to build it, to make it stronger. I totally, totally agree. And I'll tell you a little Jewish teaching about intuition. So we don't usually get men listening to this podcast, but for all the women out there, you should just know that when God created woman, he created her with an extra dose of intuition, which is very strong. Like we could lean on that. We do. We feel things strongly. We know certain things and we can't sometimes put words to it, but we just know. Mm -hmm. And we have that another Jewish teaching. So the word for Bina, Bina is intuition. Okay. And God gave us an extra dose of intuition, but the word Bina has the same Hebrew words. It's like the root of the word bonnet, which is to build. Okay. And when God built, so to speak, woman, okay, it says vayiven, which is the same letters, the same root as bina and bonnet to build. When God, so to speak, built woman, where did woman come from? God created Adam from the dust of the earth, put him out in the world, go Adam, I'll make you um, animals, maybe you'll be a partner with the animals. And he says no. And originally, Adam was an adronomous being right? He was a he, she for like two heads, one being. And Adam says, I just want to have a relationship with another human being. And that's when God, so to speak, put Adam under general anesthetics, right? Put him out for a little bit. And he actually builds by even woman, God built woman, close up the incision, stitches heal great. Adam goes on. He now has a partner that he can look at and say, wow. But the first words he says to her is you are me. Yeah. It was so clear. They were one. The understanding that, that I have why God took something from within man is that there's always going to be something lacking until you find that one that completes you. And yet a man, it says, Lo tov adam levado, that it's not good for man to be alone. He needs an azer konegdo, a helpmate, a partner. He needs someone to support him. He cannot do it alone. Right. And that's what I always say that we come in, we nurture and everything. However, we need men. 
We need men to just warm our hearts and to, to feel so loved. Yeah, we need each other. But we need men because without that, we would never experience this beshared. I would say it feels like your heart is the most peaceful it's been, but on fire at the same time. Wow. Well, Jamie, just to end, if you want to share any beautiful wisdom for us to take home with us on relationships, on finding your Basharat, on holding on to hope, whatever it is that you're feeling really passionate and called upon to share, why don't you take us home? Sure. So we were just talking about intuition, most important, trust yourself. There's also, you need to believe it's going to happen. It's not going to happen unless you believe it's going to happen. You need to visualize it happening. You need to live your life as if he's already in your life. I have this thing where I have my clients make an ideal scene, which is basically visualizing. You make a piece of paper in the middle. It says, I am. And then you make sentences that go all around that say, I am so grateful that I am living a life with my Beshert and we accept each other for everything that we are we are living a life of financial freedom. And you make these sentences all around. So it's visualizing and just know, as we've been talking about, that you came to this earth to be with your Beshert. Your Beshert is there. And by doing all these things, trusting, believing, surrendering, you will find your Beshert and loving yourself also. Wow. I love it. Thank you so, so much. I also feel like once you find your Basharat, it's not like, oh, it's over. It's easy sailing from here. I think the real work is the becoming one. And that might take a lifetime of work. I mean, that's why there are people like you out there that are helping couples hold it together, right? Get excited for the next level. And as we grow in our relationships, we really truly understand what true love is and how many levels we could go. Like there's like, I keep on thinking like, you know, I thought like the beginning was bliss, but like the second decade, so much better. <laughs> so I can't wait for the third decade, right? My parents just celebrated their 50th anniversary and they're the most fun people and have the most fun and most in love people I know. However, she says it, it is work. And I always say that you grow individually, but you also need to grow together and you don't want to just survive in a relationship. You want to thrive. And Aww. that's what I see that you're doing and you're an inspiration and love you. Aww. Thank you so much for thank interviewing you. me today. So fabulous to have you here. And I'm looking forward to other things that we're going to be doing together, bringing awareness and learning and teaching together to our community here and to the world. So, Ooh, and also if anybody wants to find me, it's the relationship expert.com. And I'm going to send you a link because I have a free gift, which is seven days to manifesting love. You get an affirmation exercise every day, seven days of emails. Um, so those two things. And if anybody wants to work with me, currently on zoom, but we'll be in person at some point. Do you work with people from different States or are you only local? My clients are around the country and the world. That's amazing. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward and I love listening to all that you have on your website. Your website is fabulous. There's great video clips, just incredible stuff. So you should just be blessed to continue your very important and holy, holy work. Thank you so much. Shalom. Thank you for joining us. Shalom. Thank you for being a part of our community. There is so much more coming your way. Stay tuned and have a great inspired day.